the podcast with Mike and Bomber. Welcome to the Holding Ball podcast, episode 41. Uh, what round did we just have? 17. 17. We're getting to the pointy end, aren't we? Six to go. Six to go. And a big weekend, lots of talking points, lots of things happening. Mm, huge. Both our mobs lost. No luck for yeah. WA. No. In the footy. No luck for our man Cogs, which we'll talk about no, in a little bit. Unfortunately. No. Um, so plenty to discuss. And um, But Marcus Adams rolls on. Marcus rolls on. Mm. He is. He's not getting a lot of the ball, but he's he's doing his bit. And he, mm. you know, just doing, it. you know, putting the body in there, using yeah. the, the specimen that he is. Specimen. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, yeah, no, Mark has gone really well since, you know, since he was on here, obviously. It's mm. taken off. Well, so had, it's worked out one, well yeah, for one. Yeah, 50% hit rate. 50% hit rate. <laughs> Sorry, Cogs, if, uh, you know, things didn't go well there and it's our fault. Mm. All right, so big weekend. Who is your star? My star is Jake Stringer. And I didn't think I would ever say this because I... You're not a big fan, are I'm you? I'm not a big fan of the package traditionally. But... If you watch that game, and gee, it was the game of the weekend. Like, uh, oh, actually, probably Friday night was the game of the weekend, but my team didn't do too well. Uh, it was one of the games of the weekend and a terrific finish. But uh, in one of the breaks, I think it was a halftime, they showed a clip of Jake Stringer and discussed his weekly visits to the Children at Challenge, which is an organisation, um, a Royal Children's Hospital, looks after kids with cancer. And uh, Essen have since put this on their website. It was really terrific. So Stringer goes in there once a week and spends time with children battling cancer. And I just thought, you know, how good is this? Um, and he's said it's helped him grow up a bit. Um, he started, get, started doing it a year and a half ago and he's still going. So... Well done, Jake. Good on him. Yeah, I thought a real good uplifter to get us going. Jake Stringer, the package. The package. He is my star. You. Good work, Jake. Me. Uh, my star. My star this week was Charlie Cameron. A uh, bit of a left of centre one, but I don't know if you saw this piece of... Did you see him in my All-Australian team? Yes. Good. Yeah, go on, Karen. Okay. Um, <laughs> Don't know if you saw this piece of footage, but Charlie Cameron got uh, a ball kicked way over the top of him. Open 50. It was him and his man, Ryan Burton, chasing, uh, just burning him off, basically. And about halfway through, Burton's pulled up, pulled a hammy, trying to keep up with him. Oh, I did hear a bit. And Charlie Cameron actually missed the shot. Um, But he went back. Went back over to Bert and gave him a bit of a pat on the head and said, oh, I hope you're okay, sort of thing. And I just thought that was really classy, you know. Poor guy couldn't keep up with Charlie Cameron, but uh, <laughs> went back and... Uh, literally couldn't do it. Yeah, and he looked pretty uh, gutted sitting on the sidelines. So I thought, well done by uh, Charlie there after Port Adelaide sort of used some pretty tough tactics on Brisbane, yes. which was talked about a bit. So um, it was nice to see a bit of uh, sportsmanship, I guess, shown nice. there by Charlie Cameron. Mm. Absolutely. I like it. Who was your flog for the week? I have three flogs. Three? Um, I've flogged it up this week. Firstly, a non-footy one. Okay. Uh, the ICC. Now, I stayed up, and I can do these things because I'm on holiday, so to all those teachers out there that are listening, get around it. 
Uh, Sunday night was just a smorgasbord of sport. You had the World Cup final between uh, England and New Zealand on one channel and then you flick it over and you had the Wimbledon men's final and both were just outstanding. So it gets to about 2 a.m. Perth time. So these are the one of the times where, you know, I do feel sorry for our Eastern States counterparts. It would have been 4 a.m. And the game is decided uh, out of the super over by count back on boundaries. Mm. Since when did boundaries become the most important part of cricket? New Zealand took more wickets. Like, you know, and I just thought... That's definitely more important than boundaries. So I just don't understand, and I think it's a flawed rule. Like, the AFL fixed the stupid grand final replay rule after it was clearly... A a stupid position. rule. Stupid yeah. rule. So I would be hoping that the ICC look at that because they have a super over if they're tied, but then the super over, New Zealand had to score more to win than England. And I just thought, not really fair. Um, what's the problem with having another super over or something yeah, else? just keep having super so, overs until someone wins. Um, a, tr- a cracking contest. Like, that was a brilliant game, but gee whiz. Um, New Zealand lost the World Cup by tying the final. I didn't like that. And also a little, little side slap to Wimbledon how they have the uh, – and the Federer, Djokovic, what a game that was. And uh, I could not take my eyes off it, uh, this game. And I don't know why they have to have a tiebreaker at 12-all. Like, and I'll say this because I was going for Federer and he just sucked it at all the tiebreaks. He lost all the tiebreaks. The rest of the game he was clearly the better player. Um, but he lost three tiebreaks <laughs> and then he lost the game. Uh, Unlucky for the Fed. Just let him play. Let the champs play. Anyway. That's first flog. Second flog is the MRP. Okay. Ben Cunnington has now accrued $15,500 in fines. Four separate incidents now, I think. Yep. You've got got a chance to make a statement, you know, and and he clearly, yes, the one to merit, if you see, closed fist, it was going for his gut, hits the ball and bounces up. Yeah. Bounces off. But if you want to wipe that stuff out, now's your chance. Give him a week. You know, I, I just don't understand. Well, it'd be quite simple. You just say, all right, you've got to find the first time you got away with it. Yeah. The second time, it's an automatic one week. Yeah. That, even if it's minimal, like normally would get a fine. If you, I don't know what the AFL is trying to achieve. Like if you don't, if you do the same thing over and over again and, and I guess offer the same sanction, expect a different result, it's, it's stupid. Mm. So MRP. What's the definition of insanity? I think doing yeah. the same thing over and over or something. That's yeah, the one. Mm. And last one, I've got a little uh, a little bit of uh, Twitter action to uh, back this up. It's you know, and I do crack the media a fair bit, and I'm cracking them again here. Um, <laughs> it's about the need to be the exclusive. So the yeah. media just sort it out. Yep. Canelio does his injury, and Fox Footy had it out first, exclusive on Cox's uh, Cox's injury and this and that. He's not an mm. ACL and all that sort of stuff. And then obviously we had the other one, which was Nick Nat, and we'll talk about these in a minute. Nick Nat tweeted this. He said, "It's I get it's the current game to get exclusive footage, but to have your poor cameraman sit on my driveway all day is a bit much. I'm generally accommodating to Perth Media, so kindly asking his high powers to send him home and leave mine. Man, it's school holidays. Hashtag killing my lawn. <laughs> and then the follow-up tweet says, I'll update you in due time. Thanks, legends. So... 
media, just calm down. Yeah. Okay? Pr- yeah. Report it right, not first. Thank you. That's right. Your flog. Sorry, that took a while. Your flog. My flog is a little bit contentious because we did speak to the great man recently. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not having a go at him oh. and I'm not pointing the finger at anyone in particular, but- Or are you pointing it at everyone in particular? I'm just sort of pointing out an issue. Okay. Someone- I think is a flog here. Okay, there is a flog in the midst. There is someone <laughs> I think has made a mistake. Someone is flog-like. So Cogs did an injury to his knee last week. Indeed, against Brisbane. At the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Pulls up okay. Fitness test or whatever it is, goes into this game. Four minutes in, does his knee. Well, not, not the big knee injury, but just mm-hmm. a... Uh, Season, end, season ending, potentially. Yeah. Clearly, the two are related somehow. You don't last four minutes of a game if the injury from last week is 100% fine. Mm. It was interesting. They had, they had Leon Cameron on 360 mm. on Monday night and they were saying that people who have that attitude are just going off superficial evidence and not looking at the real deal. They're saying it was a new injury. And I think listening to new David King. is fine. Yeah, yep. listening to David King on SEN, we'll never know. <laughs> That's one thing we'll never, ever no, know. No, we will never know. But now. The first this, question this, we asked Cogs last week was the first question yeah, we asked it him. Was. So go back and check out our interview. But yes. how's the knee? And he's played it down. He did. And, yeah, we don't know the story. We never will. But. Mm. Even if it's a different injury, the same knee, it is the same knee, right? Yeah, same knee. If he's a part of his knee is weakened, that puts more strain on the rest of his knee. You agree with me there? Or the rest of the ligaments around? Yes, potentially. That's that's an issue? Potentially, yes. And he obviously had the the taping there to support it. He did. He clearly had uh, some support Mm. there. So there was clearly an issue. If you didn't Mm. didn't need the tape, then there wouldn't have been an issue, I guess. Yeah, Cameron's thing was there's not much more he could do because the medicos ticked him off. The player had ticked himself off. Yeah. He's going to let him play. Yeah, well, it's not his decision, is it? Yeah. So the amount of time to the medicos and and how he – I guess he could have been feeling fine. His knee could have been feeling fine. Yep. But – yeah, I think it's a little bit um, – it's disappointing that the result is now that he has to miss the rest of the season. And he is their most important player. Yeah, and you probably heard the stats that I heard as well about him being in finals. the best – well, one of the – I think potentially one of the best players in finals, gets 25-plus uh, disposals and, and kicks a, a couple of goals mm-hmm. in quite quite often in finals. So um, massive, massive loss for GWS. Yep, and we'll talk more about them and – their race to even now make the finals. So we'll mm. we'll talk about the Giants a bit later. But there we go, stars and flogs. Mm. Uh, we got a bit of feedback on the wash up. So thank you very much to those of you who got in touch with us. Uh, we'll start with on Facebook. Yep. Who have we got? We got Taylor. Taylor is currently living it up in Bali. Um, oh, okay. Well, hopefully he's doing all right over there <laughs> after the old uh, issue uh, of today. Uh, absolutely great to see the Eagles go down. There's no need for that. So a bit of a Collingwood fan there. Um, I didn't realise there was a Collingwood fan. Well, just um, can we block someone? Can we block people? Unless uh, they're just maybe a Dockers fan and just yeah, probably. Mm. Uh, I never liked that bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Riley Tipper 
Don's Tipper. effort to hold on in the last heart attack stuff. Milsey, thank you. And thank you very much. I must say, shout out to Milsey for the wonderful uh, beverage that we're enjoying yes. this evening. So the Frenchies. Cheers, Cheers to Milsey. Milsey. Thank you very much. And... Uh, these Frenchies I have as a result of the Eagles beating the Bombers a few weeks back. So cheers, <laughs> Millsy. And then he'll be much happier, much happier, as you can see here with Tipper. What a goal. Mm, I think he had a couple of nominations for goal of the week, he didn't two. he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, we'll get one of them, no doubt. Mm. Um, and finally, we've got Steve. So thanks for jumping on board, Steve. Eston versus North game was a highlight. Fremantle's disgusting game style, the low, the low mm. light. I'm surprised he didn't mm. flog him. You're very likely to flog the old Frio. Yeah, well, uh, you know. I didn't watch this game because I was watching the classic uh, Swans-Carlton game on the, the other channel. I think I walked out with about 10 minutes to go. I was just a bit over it. Mm. Took the dog for a walk. So Okay. Just, did I? Yeah, I did. Just to calm down a bit? Just had to get out of the house. Had to get just out gonna of the house. Just going to lose it. So gonna, um, Something was going to go through the TV. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, Steve, yep, Frio. Don't play good footy. There's a big conversation there at some point. I've got some, uh, okay. some stuff written down, but we'll, we'll leave it we'll for leave now. We'll leave it for later. We'll have uh, the Freo Marathon another day. <laughs> uh, we'll see how they go against the Swans this weekend, but that's a talking point for later. On, on Twitter, now, Mike and I debated this. Barney has uh, responded to us. Now, Barney has a photo of Brad Hardy, none other than Western Bulldogs Brownlow medalist Brad Hardy and mm. uh, on there, and he says, now, if it is the real Brad Hardy... Uh, which I think it is. Mike thinks it's not. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Mm. Uh, at insipid seven nine one six eight one eight nine. I'm not, not sure not. what that number means. I don't know. Is he the seven millionth nine hundred and sixty? No, that's even wrong. Seventy ninth million. You're the accountant. Sort it out. Yeah. Uh, insipid on on Twitter. Is that maybe, how it works? Uh, if it is, uh, email us holding the ball. At gmail.com and we'll get we'll get Brad Hardy on if it is Brad Hardy. Yeah. So we'll get him on. Anyway, he says Tipper, the highlight. And definitely we uh, can't agree with that. Low light, the coaching strategy of Fremantle Football Club, second half of West Coast game and first half of Hawthorne game. No goals in over 100 minutes of football. Insipid. So if it was Brad Hardy, he's a Bulldogs fan, right? Mm-hmm. Would he not say something about that game? Or maybe he just... Comments on all types of footy. Mm. <laughs> don't know. Don't mm. know. All right. Interesting. Mm, interesting, but thank you. Thank you. Yes, thanks for your comments. Yep, we love it. Uh, some news of the day. Obviously, the big story coming out today is obviously the news that Richo and St Kilda have parted ways. I have. He's uh, resigned. Yes. So, interestingly enough here, and I, I made mention um, – Oh, I think at an earlier point um, about Richo being one of the under-pressure coaches. And given that, I think he handled him really, himself really well this year. But he's now St Kilda's second longest-serving coach ever. Wow. Um, has never coached a final. So they That's quite incredible, isn't they've it? They've stuck with him. Um, so fair play to St Kilda. Who was the longest-serving? Don't know. I'm not sure. St Kilda fans. How long was Ross there? Ross would have been there three or four. Because he got them to the, the two grand finals. Two grand finals, that's Nine right. and ten. Mm. So he um, would have been there a little while. Yeah. The highest finish in 2016 was ninth, but a winning percentage of a tick under 35% um, isn't going to keep you in your job too long. No. Um, he saw the writing on the wall, I think. Yeah. and uh, Yeah, so it was the um, – Richo talked about in his press conference today about – 
the conversations been between him and the Prez um, fairly frequently and their transparency and they're all good mates. Everyone's loving each other. I love getting sacked. It's just all going really well. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. I'll have a beer with you on the weekend. Yeah, so round – it wasn't round 16, but a few weeks ago when St Kilda played north, uh, Saints conceded seven goals to one in the first quarter down in Tassie and he was told after that that he would – be finding it very difficult to be staying there next year because there was a clause, but they they said, listen, we're probably looking elsewhere. And Richo just said, listen, why well, I can't carry on yeah. knowing that I'm not coaching you this club. You wouldn't be putting uh, 100% yeah. in if you were in that position. Well, there's that. He talked about the fact that you've got to have some pretty tough conversation with some players who might not be retained, um, players that they're looking to bring in. Usually the coach is the person Yeah, he's the, there. the face of the club, I yeah. guess. so... And I guess it comes now because Carlton and North are already out there looking for this coach. Mm. So St Kilda out there as well. We have three and Brett Ratton's going to coach them for the rest of the year and I think yeah. this is a great opportunity for Rats. It is, isn't it? I think it? he's got a lot to offer. Mm. Um, it seems like clubs, I don't know what you're hearing, but I'm hearing it seems like clubs all want a tried and tested coach. Yeah, well, that's what uh, Juddy said about Carlton, wanted a uh, coach without training wheels. Uh, and uh, Tiki's going okay. Tiki. What is it? He's is got it three, three from, five? from five. When Bolton had three from his last 39. So, Well, I think Bolton had five wins from his entire, was it three years or something like that? He was in his fourth. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it wasn't a lot though. No. And they were a basket case, you know, let's be fair. Yeah, Bolton. Yeah. But Teague, whatever he's doing, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in a moment, he's going all right. But it'd be interesting to see how this coaching merry-go-round sorts itself out. Um, Wusher was part of it. Wusher has now done himself like they've won five of six since he was under pressure. He's going for Yeah, I mean, if he lost the next five games or something, he'd be in, he'd be in big trouble. But, but now the Bombers are looking like playing finals. They are. Um, so I think if, if they play finals, he's fine. Yeah, the next one they're talking about is your man. And, uh, yeah. But anyway, but Richo. Don't get me started. Don't get me started, but it'll be interesting. And the Bulldogs, apparently, uh, they played North the week after Scott left. They played Carlton the week after Teague left. And now they've got now they've got St Kilda the week after Because uh, they lost Richo both left. those games. Yes. Mm. So uh, I Ooh, saw something on their Twitter going, not again. <laughs> Why this week? <laughs> uh, so well played there to the, the uh, Bulldogs. Yeah, but, uh, good timing. See if the Saints, uh, yeah, can, um, you know, have a win for mm. Rats on the weekend. Yeah, good luck to Rats. Absolutely. A bit right. of news. Uh, a lot of talk about Gold Coast because they've served up two pretty – Insipid, insipid's the word of the day. It is performances and uh, got belted by Adelaide, and this was a hard game to watch um, on Saturday night um, because they just were way off. Um, positive note: Isaac Rankin, who was pick number three for them in the draft, has signed a contract extension. hasn't played a game yet. Brilliant! Like that's that's what they need. Um, again. People just having a crack at the Gold Coast. Like, this is what we expected. It's, yeah. it's But it's taken till round 17. And this is what's happened with a few teams. Uh, yeah. They've got off to good starts and then dropped away significantly recently. Uh, Saints, Dockers, mm. Gold Coast. Uh, it's interesting Carlton have gone the other way, but yeah. obviously the uh, change of coach change, has change of, coach. Change of direction there. But yeah. Yeah. Been going well. Your expectations change. As your team starts to win, yeah, and then they drop back to probably what you were expecting, and 
you know. I just wish, the, uh, I guess, the narrative would change. People need to, you know, I think I said this last week, this side was considered the worst list ever. Okay, so let's not be surprised when they get pumped. Obviously, and Stuart Jew, I, I thought I'd ever listen to his press conference. Gee whiz, that was fascinating watching. Yeah. Having a crack at the Adelaide box for having a laugh in the last quarter. He just said, that's where we're at and we've got to deal with that. Um, he's very frank and I think he's the right man up there for the job up there. But, you know, they're going to have some tough times. Yeah. Um, but we, all these people who say they should just relocate to Tasmania, it's not going to happen. Mm. Like people just need to just bin it, bin that idea. Yep. Junior footy is pumping up there um, and they're going to see this through. The AFL's pumped $200 million into the Gold Coast, um, you know, and – Yeah, it wants it to work. It wants it to work. And There's plenty of time for yep. a team in Tassie. Yep. Although the stadium down there needs a lot of, lot of work before yeah. that can happen. So – Let's, yeah, just let them do what they do. Yep. Play footy. Uh, All right. Yeah, go on. What injuries. else? Injuries. Oh, injuries. Huge. Obviously, the key one, uh, our man, Cox. Stevie Canelio. Can the Giants still make something of this year? Well, they're just missing a lot of key players now. Kelly, so, I, I think Kelly's not out for a long, he's, long time. Uh, a couple more weeks. Ward. Ward, Canelio, uh, Patton. I'm Patton, not sure yeah, when Patton, he's coming back. It, Patton will be at Hawthorne next year. That's the word. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, our man too. Uh, mm. Yeah. But Giants uh, in trouble. Actually, did you, before we go on, did you hear on the bounce, the little snippet from- Our podcast? Isaac Smith. Oh, okay. Uh, he was on the bounce with uh, Dunstall and mm-hmm. Frawley and that, and uh, Mooney. Okay. Uh, asked about the- no, uh, trying to remember exactly how this was framed. I think he might have been talking about the Canelio injury mm-hmm. and he said something like, good for us. Oh. Mm. It's, it's a debate about... It was, you know, it's a funny sort of a show, so he's probably just tongue-in-cheek sort of a thing. Yeah, uh, I, I get the feeling he hasn't quite made up his mind what he wants to do. Mm. That's that's my honest opinion. Um, so all the talk is Hawthorne, Carlton... Someone even sent secured or I don't think he's going there. Um, I think if you're, if you're going to go anywhere and you're going to Melbourne, you'd probably want to go to Hawthorne or, or one of the bigger, so, bigger sides. Well, you heard him talk about the fact of, that he's two of his best mates are there mm. who played State 18s with. So yeah. uh, very interesting. Um, we'd love him to come home, of course, but we'll see, yeah, don't see what happens. Don't happen. think so. Um, the other injuries, Nick Nat, your man, mm. ankle. And you know how I mentioned before about the knee issue affecting other parts of your body? Mm-hmm. Do you think that the knickknack ankle, you know, jumping can, differently can just, because he's got a weak knee? Can we do it like everything else and just blame the turf? The, off the well, stadium, we'll talk about the turf. Um, yeah, everyone else does, don't um, they? So uh, I don't know. Like it's a tough one. But um, it's like if you're limping, you know, you're putting more pressure on your other leg or whatever. But he wasn't limping. He's no. He's, no he, I mean, he's what, been. What knees he going to limp on? He stuffed both of them. <laughs> um, but maybe because of the injuries, mm, he does things differently, maybe, which causes more pressure on other parts maybe. of the body. Yeah, it's hard to, you know. Um, I did sports science, but a long time ago. Um, well, you should be able to tell me about yeah, this. Should, should <laughs> I'll bring my textbooks next time. We'll and uh, crack at it. the other injuries, uh, Hurley for Essendon. I think that's a really big injury. Well, I had him in my team of the year mm. um, so far. That's a big injury. And Darcy Moore, uh, big injury. But Hurley for Essendon is huge. Um, I don't know who their direct replacement is. Hooker's playing good footy, but... Um, yeah, I don't know who they replace him yeah, with. I'm not sure that they have a, a ready-made replacement for yeah, that. Yeah, so watch this space with the Bombers. they got a big game on Friday night, which we'll talk about later. And Penelbury, 
and more for the Maggies. Yep. Um, out for a little. And Newbury huge. I think he was uh, one of the key players in the game on Friday night. He was important. Mm. Um, <laughs> he was all right. We'll get to the votes <laughs> we'll later. Get to the votes. Um, um, but yeah, uh, injuries and uh, again, I, I, heart, well, I really like. At times, David King's commentary, and he talks about the ins and the outs being so important at this time of the year. Um, yeah, and the, and the, healthy the, list, yeah, is, is and the important. amount of luck you need to win a premiership. Um, yeah, this is the time of the year where you can't win a premiership, but you can sure as buggery lose one, lose it. Yep. Like uh, I think GWS had cooked. They won't yeah, finish top four. I don't think that they can win it now. Yeah. Although so, I always had concerns about their sort of. Finals records and uh, and that sort of thing anyway. And mm. at the MCG, they've been very a month very ago. Poor. They were humming. They were in second spot, and they were just just had the Ferrari in first. Ferrari first second was year. going well, uh, but unfortunately, the the wheels seem to have fallen off. Um, should we get into a preview? Yeah. Uh, just before oh. we do, one last thing: uh, the Harley Bennell news oh, yes. uh, contracts been uh, ripped up, and they've agreed to uh, part ways. Mutually. Mutually, yeah. Uh, but uh, Harley seems pretty adamant to... He's not retiring. ...play somewhere else at some I've point. I've heard uh, that there is a Victorian club that is interested in him and they think that some surgery will fix him up. Oh, okay. So I don't know who that Victorian club is. I'm not saying that to be an, a knob or anything like that, um, but that's that's the word. There's okay. a Victorian club who might make a cheeky little play for him and you get him for nothing. Well, you wouldn't pay anything. No. You, you could probably pay him peanuts yep. and play, pay take him, a chance. I think Frio this year put him on the base wage plus match payments, which obviously they haven't had to pay him. Mm. So um, that'd be some, that's kind of deal if someone did pick him up and then, you know, it's not worth it. Not bad uh, chance. If you think that you can do something with that calf, it just every time he comes on the park, he re-inches it. So yeah, it's tough on the calf. Mm. Anyway, all right, let's preview. I mean, review, preview, preview the preview. round that just went. And unfortunately, we need to start uh, at Optus Stadium, which is really sad. All right. Well, we'll just take a short break and then we'll get into Optus Stadium. The Holding the Ball Podcast. All right, so now I'll get to Optus Stadium. <laughs> I just uh, might throw in the old handbrake there, but that's okay. Just needed to do a, you know, quick, quick uh, I don't know, assessing assess of and life and take think a... Think about how long we've taken so far. Okay, a long time. So thank you for still sticking around. And uh, West Coast Collingwood, um, this, in all seriousness, was a ripping game of footy and a lot of, there's a lot of talk about being the game of the year, but, gee, the pressure even uh, early on in the game was intense, like it was finals-like. Um and uh, an absolute cracker. The talking point of this game is Collingwood in the last quarter winning contested ball by 22, inside 50s by 15, and disposals by 42. Um, Huge. They smacked it in that last quarter, and they just had – and it's so important in the modern game, field position. They just had field position that whole quarter. And as an Eagles supporter, you were waiting for a Jetta or someone just to – take the game break on the and lines. break the lines, but it just didn't happen and it didn't come. So fair play to, to Collingwood who put Maine as a defensive forward on Hearn, whose influence was uh, minimal. Um, yeah. Uh, I think they had someone manning Barass a, a fair bit of the time. Yes, so uh, they had a couple of, of blokes go to Barass, stopping him from getting a run in at Cox. Cox was quite good. Yeah, Cox was good. Um, so fair play. Um, Roughhead kept Kennedy almost touchless. 
Um, Grundy uh, took control in the last quarter, I think, yeah. and Nick Nat obviously well, Nick Nat played minimal minutes mm. in that time. Uh, so, yeah, cracking game and two a, a match up we may see again in in finals again. Um, I think the win the game does more for Collingwood than West Coast. I think it doesn't harm West Coast at all to have a loss, um, and all the talk about. You know, West Coast being off their guard after the derbies, in my opinion, is rubbish. Um, it's lazy journalism. But um, <laughs> Collingwood, big win for them. They got back into second. Um, West Coast need to obviously get back on the winner's list if they want to drop down to fourth. Fourth, yeah. Mm. After. But uh, Collingwood, Brisbane and West Coast are all level on, on games. So it's going to be a fascinating finish. Mm. And we'll talk about Brisbane a bit later. Um, on to my votes. Sure. Uh, I gave one vote to Jack Crisp. and Played through the midfield. Played through the midfield, and at every single stoppage, he was on Luke Shuey, uh, making sure that he did not go near that ball. So he pretty much had his back to the stoppage, um, watching Shuey and uh, minimised. I mean, Shuey is the Eagles' most important player, in, in my opinion. I think the most damaging midfielder. Oh, without a doubt. Mm. Um, and he did a superb job on Shuey and gathered 30 touches, nine tackles, um, 12 of those touches and uh, six of the tackles were in the last quarter. Um, wow. So um, Crisp had a, had a really good game. Two votes to Brody Mindcheck, four goals from his 10 marks. He was the dominant forward on the ground. Yep. Um, and three votes I gave to Aaron Trelaw, sorry, Adam Trelaw, <laughs> Uh And this could have gone a few different ways. A few people thought penalty or side bottom or whatever. I thought Trelaw purely... I mean, he had 39 touches, 16 of them were contested. Again, 13 of those and eight contested were in the last quarter. So he was one of those that led from the front. Uh, five intercepts, five score involvements, seven clearances and six tackles. Uh, you couldn't really knock Trelaw's influence on the game. Mm. So Collingwood, in the end, uh, much needed win against West Coast because I think they lost four or five in a row uh, in the last couple of years. But yep. Good win for the Maggies. They're back on the winners list. Yeah. Over to you to talk about the Dockers. Yes. And the Hawks beat us by 31 points. I think there was a pretty pivotal moment that we were quite competitive for a fair bit of the game. There was a moment where Ethan Hughes took a mark, uh, quite a good mark actually, a- uh, sort of, def- you know, as the ball comes out of your forward 50, you know, you've got the wall up. He's taken a mark to try and get it back in. He's taken a couple of steps back, kicked it into the man on the mark. Warple, I think it was. Warple's just had a couple of magical moments and got it off to a player. Hawthorne get it down the other end and kick a goal. And uh, I think that was quite energy sapping for the Dockers who had had some good moments. So that was pretty key. Uh, It was Ross Lyons' 300th game. Oh, and uh, typical, I guess, Ross Lyon style at the moment that uh, they've come away with that. It was the Dockers' 11th game, 11th loss at the University of Tasmania Stadium out of 12. Uh, the Dockers pulled back a Hawks lead of 30-odd points in the second quarter when Nat, Fy- Nat Fife went beast mode. He did, didn't he? He uh, kicked three goals in the second term. Um be great to be able to have him sort of in the forward line or thereabouts a fair bit. Ross but talked in his press conference about his treatment. Did you see anything there? Were you yeah, look, he was targeted a couple of times. As um, players are. That's right. Uh, I don't think that there was anything sort of – 
it warranted pointing it out. Okay. I think maybe Ross just used it as a bit of a diversionary tactic. Yeah. Four losses on the bounce now. For your well, all it does is is help make the umpires next week look at Fife a little bit more and maybe give a free kick here I'm sure or there. The Freo fans at Optus Stadium will make. Uh, yep. The we'll we'll make five. sure that they uh, they yeah. catch that. Uh, so yeah, Hawthorne c- took control in the second half, kicked seven seven to four two in the second half. So dominated. Uh, and for me, the story of the game was disposal efficiency. Hawthorne are very, very accurate at kicking. Uh, the Dockers are really good at turning it over. Um, it only it ended at 73 to 69% the efficiency, but I think the key key moments is probably where the efficiency let, uh, let the Dockers down. Yeah. So Frio uh, now, sorry, I heard this stat. Uh have won 29 of their last 85 games. Okay. Not many. No, not as many as you'd like. No. Yeah. Probably uh, what you'd expect from a team that's apparently going through a rebuild. Rebuild. So, Mm. yeah. I mean, it's better than Carlton's rebuild. Oh, yeah. So, where is this side at? Is this side a side that thinks that they're challenging? A few weeks ago, I was sat on here and said Freo are going to make finals. Now it looks like they're not. Um, Yeah, where is this team Well, I saw a stat around about the the key players, I guess, for Fremantle. I mean, there's no denying that a couple of things have hurt us. Key injuries to Pierce, Hogan, uh, Tabana. Uh, tall forwards, I think, is one of the things that Ross Lyon's game plan relies on a lot. Contested marks. He's never had it. Uh, you know, had the Kaczynski and Rewalt partnership, I guess, at, at St Kilda for a while there. Um, but yeah, we, we've never had it. Uh, Pavlich on his own couldn't do it a few years ago. And mm. we've got injured tall forwards at the moment. So. Bit tough, but what I did see a stat uh, about the Dockers, uh, all their key players, you know, Walters was in All-Australian form three, four weeks ago. Uh, Mundy was fantastic, dropped away significantly. Uh, These kind of guys have just dropped way, way down on their sort of first uh, half of the season numbers. Uh, I think we should get into the votes. Been talking about them for long enough. I gave one vote to Fife, 24 disposals, six marks, eight tackles, five clearances, five score involvements, and three goals all in the second quarter. I gave two votes to your mate, Henderson. Hendo. 25 disposals at 85%, 11 marks, six score involvements, seven inside 50s, and 654 metres gained. And I gave three votes to Warple, who had 33 disposals, five intercept possessions, seven score involvements, nine clearances, three inside 50s, and 580 metres gained. He's a player, Warple. Well, yeah. I, like it. I like it a lot. Hawthorne managed to find some players, don't they? Mm. You know what's interesting about teams like Hawthorne and Geelong and that, their young players almost immediately look good. It's because they're playing around guns, like senior experience yeah, superstars. But, you know, if you look at guys in the Dockers team, Brayshaw and Chera, top, top draft picks, but haven't really done anything that sort of says these guys are going to be awesome in the future. Um, and they're around a couple of midfield guns. Mm, true. Mm. So, mm. interesting stat. Yeah. Or observation. Culture. Culture. Maybe. Yes. I had something about that, but I'm not going to read it out. Uh on to you. Uh, yeah, I had the uh, Sydney-Carlton game and uh, the Navy Blues are up and about. Um, 
It's interesting. Carlton dominated the stoppages, 45 to 32, and won the contested ball, which is something that Sydney thrive at usually. So they won the contested ball by 20 across the course of the game. And I guess uh, we sort of touched on it earlier, but David Teague, uh, now three from five at the Blues, and they're looking pretty good. Like mm. he's, he's sent blokes like Kerno and Murphy back into the midfield, and it's amazing how a fresh set of eyes can just – from what I'd heard about Bolton, he was very structured and regimented. And um, what I heard in a few post-match interviews, particularly from Nick Newman, he says he just lets us play. You know, so that freedom that mm. they're obviously playing with at the moment at Carlton, um, you know, is evident. Like the players are on board. They've got a talent at least. No doubt There's about that. There's a lot that. of young key players there. A lot of there, young, yeah. talented mm. players there. So, gee, you know, Teague is mounting an impressive case for himself uh, to stay on there next year. How many wins do you think he would have to get for them to say, right, we have to, based on his record, it's better than anyone else's record in the last... Well, there's six games to go. Mm. If he I wins, actually think that he's got, they've got some really tough games coming up. That, to yeah, if he wins half of those, he has to get that. He has to be in the discussion. Mm-hmm. And he needs to not get pumped, right? If they don't lose a game by more than 40 points for the rest of the season or five goals, um, that's a huge win because uh, I know West Coast have got them coming up. Um, I think they've got Geelong and Essendon yeah. and teams like that. So, so it's teams tough. have got a lot to play for. So yeah. Carlton need to, you know, and apparently, you know, you don't know how much of this to read into with the media, but apparently some Carlton players have gone to the key yep. stakeholders at the club and said, we want this man, but... Yep. A lot to play out here, I think. That's right. We'll see. It's all in Chris Judd's hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he makes all the key decisions everyone, at every, Carlton. Every media person was like, off with the training wheels. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> that was the key uh, talk, talking point. Votes. I gave one vote to Mark Murphy. 29 touches at 72%. Six clearances, six inside 50s and a goal. Uh, clearly enjoying um, his return of the midfield. I gave two votes to Jake Lloyd, who's having a terrific year. 30 Four touches, 771 metres gained. My favourite stat. Huge. Huge and 12 rebounds and three votes against his old side to Nick Newman, who had 32 touches at 88%, 12 intercepts, 13 marks and 711 metres gained. Wow. There's some big metres metres gained. Lots of metres were gained at a very small ground. (laughs) Um, Straight on to uh, what I thought was... A touch and go for the match around Essendon and the Kangaroos. And this was an interesting game. They, these teams were ninth and 10th heading into uh, this game. Uh, Essendon, it's interesting. They won clearances by 12. They won inside 50s by 12. Um, and and this game will be remembered for um, a couple of good performances. Ben Brown was outstanding. Um, he, he played really well. But uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody... Um, and that goal. Big game. Yeah, huge game, and uh, there was the moment, and he just kicked this ripper goal. Um, it was an absolute blinder from the pocket, and I really liked a tweet from him at the end of the day. He said, boy, oh, boy, what a day it's been. <laughs> uh, so good from Tipper. We love it, um, and the Bombers have now won five of six and get themselves in a pretty good position to, to launch into finals. Mm. Um, so... You know, fair play to Wush, who was under a bit of scrutiny. And I loved Wush's response to the scrutiny. He's like, come at me. But, you know, he's prepared to shut them down as well, you know. 
So yeah. I, I love seeing Wusher in front of the media when they're having a crack at him. He's good, isn't he? Um, I think he's very good. But uh, fair play. The Bombers are up and about. My votes for this game, Zach Merritt's going really well at the moment. He got a vote. Thir- 34 touches, half of them contested. Seven intercepts, six score involvements, six clearances and six tackles. Uh, yeah, really good game. Tipper could only get the two votes from me. Wow. Uh, 19 touches, 11 score involvements and four goals, including the match winner. I gave three votes to Ben Brown. Uh, and the coach's going to want some pretty good stats. Yeah, six goals from 12 marks. The coach's votes actually split them, nine votes each. Wow. So um, I found it hard to split them, but I thought if North had a six one. Six goals and uh, was it eight marks or tw- ten, 12, 12, 12 marks. marks? That's pretty good uh, for a forward. Yeah, Ben Brown, really good game. Um because it hasn't been he hasn't been up to last year's numbers. So big Brenny Brown, three votes. Well Good done, game. son. Go My down game. to the Calf- the the Cattery. The Cats and the Saints. The Cats ended up getting up by 27 points. The Saints were good early, taking a lead into half time, but the ta- the Tats, the Cats. Tats took control in the second half, kicking seven goals to two. Uh the little master kicked a couple of goals in oh, in a minute in the last quarter. Loved it. So uh, he's still got it. Still I think it. after coming on the ground from a bit of an injury scare. Yes, he's touch and go for next week. Uh, and Richo got a little bit upset uh, about the free kick count oh. uh, after the game. Uh, it was 26 to 14 and uh, he wasn't very happy about it, although his opinion doesn't matter anymore. So uh, we'll leave that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'll get into the votes because uh, it's a bit of a nothing game, really. Um, <laughs> sorry, Cats and Saints fans. Uh, Cats go uh, two games clear on top, I think, uh, with that win. So yeah, they, do. Um, they do. Goodbye, then. We did look at the Saturday night uh, when we were dividing up and we thought, oh, both of these are just awful. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but anyway, go. I probably got the better of the two. You definitely did. Uh, I gave one vote to Rowan Marshall, the Saints Ruckman. Mm. He's showing a lot this year and probably one of the shining lights for uh, St Kilda fans this year. 21 disposals, 31 hitouts, six clearances and a goal. Gave two votes to Mitch Duncan, 33 disposals, eight score involvements and a goal. And I gave three votes to... Paddy Dangerfield, who couldn't make it into your All-Australian team. Oh, oh, 32 wow. disposals. Must have heard the, the team and thought, no, nah, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> Mitch Duncan got in there. Yeah. <laughs> 30 to 32 disposals, 23 of those contested, nine clearances, seven tackles and a goal. Maybe if I did the All-Australian team this week, <laughs> he might be in. I think there was one of our listeners that commented on uh, that bit yeah. disappointed and about that. before we move on, I loved the feedback. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of banter, a lot of talk, and and that's what's good about the All-Australian team. We, You know, there's so many positions, so many different views. I liked a lot of love for Caleb Daniel from the Dogs, which mm. surprised me because he wasn't even in my thought process. Like, didn't even consider him. He was fantastic in uh, sort of across half-back yeah. or... Yeah, yeah, he's been really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, a few people thought Dangerfield Crouch, but loved the feedback. It's a great discussion. Um, I'm sure we'll all disagree when the All-Australian uh, selectors come in. And Danger, yeah, he's mounting a compelling case. <laughs> might have to... Uh, I might have to do a revised team every few weeks. Um, but anyway. All right, on to your game. On to the Gold Coast in Adelaide. The home of football was packed with about 5,000 people on Saturday night. Um, the Crows dominated this one from start to finish. 
Um, the main stat that I'll say from this one is the Crows had 170 more disposals, which is the equivalent of seven decent players getting 25 each. That's like, pretty good, isn't that it? That is – well, it depends which side you're looking at, but it, the game doesn't tell us much about Adelaide because – they were horrible in the showdown, yeah. Um, and they got a free hit against the Gold Coast team that, in Stuart Judah's words, and he can't help but agree with him, uh, shot in confidence, and mm. it just um, makes it difficult to tip their game this week. Actually, yeah. Oh yeah, tough game coming up. Mm. We'll talk about that later. But I'm going to get straight in my votes. One vote I gave to Matty Crouch, who had 36 touches, a goal, 10 score involvements, seven clearances. You could have thrown a blanket over half of Adelaide. Yeah. Um, two votes I gave to Atkins who had 35 touches, 10 score involvements, heaps of metres gained, almost 700 of them, and seven inside 50s and three votes. I like this guy, Miller. Had 27 hmm. touches at 85%, 12 score involvements, seven inside 50s and a goal, and you'll see score involvements everywhere because they scored a lot. Eddie <laughs> like, didn't get a look in with his six goals? Eddie was thereabouts, but... Uh, Did you like the one I could have kicked six goals against kicked, the Gold Coast. Uh, he sort of oh. took the mark in the... And Joyce sort of switched square. off. The guy turned around and just sort of went around the post yeah, and hit the goal. That was not a good look for that a young That was just terrible. Young by, Joyce. Uh, and, yeah. And he may not Should play. be dropped by that. He might be. All right. Is it my game? Your game. All right. Cogsgate. The Cogsgate game. <laughs> uh, I got the Tigers and GWS. The Tigers ended up running away with it in 27-point winners. <clears throat> GWS will, well, held goalless in the first quarter but came back in the second to win the term by 12 but was still down by 14 at half time. Cogs obviously had that injury uh, question marks around the uh, issues there that we talked about at the start of the game. That start of the game, start of the podcast. That was perfect use of the buttons. It was the first time that one's been useful. <laughs> yeah, here we um, go. And I guess the issue with that, does it change a possible trade do, do people think, oh, he's injured? Not sure we really want to go for him right no. now. No? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Just, just a quick answer. Yeah. Richmond have got the pressure back. Richmond, Richmond are, back. are back. Richmond are back. Tackles were 63 to 44 and the their disposal efficiency 71% to 63. So I think that shows the pressure. You spoke about... Richmond's Hardwick saying Richmond's season started a couple of weeks ago. A couple ago. of weeks ago, and they haven't lost since then. They haven't then. lost. That, I think they're only missing Rance and Nankervis almost out of their best side. Yep, so Rewald came in. There's been a bit of change, like Caddy can't get a game, Bolton's in, um, Sydney Stack's in, mm-hmm. but their best side, apart from Rance and the Nank, is there. Bolton was very good, by the way. He's looking good. Mm. Be a lot of teams would be quite happy to have uh, Bolton on their list, I reckon. Yeah. Well, he's been around for a while. I think he got he got the rising star. Yes, I think he, he did, did. And he's been on their list for about two, three years. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Uh, Richmond also had 16 bounces to three. Oh, taking the game on. Just taking it on. GWS looked like they were playing this little chip, sort of trying to keep possession and then... Yeah, well, I think... Uh, then they just bombed they it got a bit stuck Grimes and early and were bombing long and then tried to chip it around a bit, obviously with some instruction there from the coach. But in the end, n- neither of the game styles were working. Uh, so Richmond move up to, to fifth. Good position to sort of strike for finals for a top four. Uh, and Tigers have now won their last three. JWS lost their last three. So... Uh, Bit of a change in fortunes from a few weeks ago. I'll get into the votes. 
Pooley, I gave the one vote, 30 disposals, four marks, five inside 50s, 647 metres gained. And I'll just point out here, Lockie Whitfield and Shy Bolton, unlucky not to score any votes. Kane Lambert, 19 disposals, six marks, three goals, two. And Green had a monster game, 34 disposals, Six marks, six tackles, two goal assists, ten score involvement, seven clearances, six inside fifties, five hundred and seventy-two meters gained. Playing a bit of uh, midfield time. Mm. Reckon you might get a bit more uh, with Cogs gone. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mm, yeah. Well, that's what they'd be hoping. They need to throw the magnets around a bit. Uh, Rightio. Can I go? Sure. Melbourne and the Dogs. Uh, I mean, I. Yeah, the, the D's were all right here, um, but the Dogs have got too much to play for and they hang about. They hang about just outside the top eight now. Um, the Bulldogs, interesting, the Bulldogs doubled Melbourne for marks inside 50. Wow. Yeah, and, and Norton and Shackie didn't have a big day. Well, um, I guess Melbourne really have nothing up forward at yeah, the moment, do they? they're struggling there um, and had more... They're uncontested possessions as well, which, you know, their midfield, it just speaks work rate. Um, so the doggies working hard, their little, you know, their midfield is just – and that to, to see Dunkley, like I could go on about Dunkley for half an hour. Have I got half an hour? No. Okay. We've uh, already gone too long. Okay, sure. Dunkley. <laughs> How good is Dunkley? Very good. Um, a good moment – was he in your All-Australian team? Uh, he was not, oh. and I still would stick with that. Uh, he would definitely be in my team of the week. But uh, key stat, so inside 50s were relatively similar, but efficiency, Bulldogs 65% uh, inside scoring from inside 50s, whereas the D's only at 47. Wow. So huge discrepancy there. Um, don't underestimate you know, Sam Lloyd and, and those guys influenced Did you there. see Sam Lloyd's pass inside 50? Yes. That was imed- uh, incredible. Mm. Mm. He has been, and I talked about this last week, an incredible signing. So well done to the dogs. The votes. Uh, another recruit, Taylor Jaray, has uh, come back into the side. 31 touches at 90%. That's a career high for him in disposals. Wow. Eight intercepts, six score involvement, so linking the play and just under 600 metres gain. Two votes to Lockie Hunter, who had 37 touches at 81%, six intercepts, five score involvements and a goal, and three votes. You know, I could have given this bloke the three, two, and the one. He was that good. Dunkley. 39 touches, 24 of them were contested, 15 tackles. You don't often see a bloke have 40 touches and 15 tackles. It's a huge game. Like that is just working. His fantasy numbers would have been through the roof. Backside, I think he had 189. Wow. Uh, nine clearances, two goals, 10 score involvements. He did everything. That is the best individual game by a player this year. Ooh. Done. Lock How it in. How many goals did he get? Two. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. pretty good. All right, doggies, still going. You have got the last game. I've got the last game, Port against the Lions, and this was a bit of the Lockie Neal. Terrorising. Yeah. And so, it was a, you don't often hear a coach come out and say, we're going to terrorise him, but Hinkley. And that was the strange thing, wasn't it? Interviewed you know, a mm. couple of minutes before the game started and said, yeah, we're going to go at him. And uh, they did. And uh, that's all they did in the first quarter. Well, they couldn't get their hands on the footy. and So, yeah, he uh, Neil was targeted by his groomsman, 
Uh, yeah. Sam, Sam, Cam Sutcliffe, obviously ex-teammates at the Dockers. So did you see a, I think it was on Instagram, uh, Lockie Neal on, uh, uh, posted a video where it started with the, the newspaper and then went up and he was having it. They were actually out having a coffee together. Um, <laughs> and Sutcliffe just shaking his head. So a bit of humour there from uh, the ex-Dockers. That That's was really good. good. I liked it. Mm. Um so, yeah, uh, Neil was getting targeted early. Uh, Brisbane flew out of the blocks, kicked the first seven goals, be up by 30 points a quarter time. Uh, the the moment that I uh, – was my star moment for the week when Ryan Burton pulled up short with a hammy after Charlie Cameron burned him off to try and kick a goal, but he missed. Uh, Cameron finished with four goals, two in his 100th game. And he looks like the sort of – Danger man, the best sort of small forward in the competition at the well, moment. That's why he's in my all Australian team. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to say there. You looked like you had something important to say. It's very important. All right. Uh, so my votes for the day gave one to Charlie Cameron, 15 disposals, eight of those contested. Not bad for uh, someone you probably wouldn't think is getting no. contested ball. Uh, seven score involvements, 18 pressure acts, and four goals too. Zorko got the two votes, 24 disposals, 549 metres gained, six scoring, six inside 50s, I should say, and three goals. And your mate, Jared Lyons, doing, mate, all, doing all right? I, I spoke about Lyons before the season started. You did? You did? How much would Gold Coast love this bloke right now? They let I him walk out the door. I understand why Gold Coast let players like that go. Yeah. They How- could have let 100 other players go. Yep. Anyway, 36 disposals, 654 metres gained, nine clearances, four tackles inside 50, five inside 50s and a goal. So huge game. I'm a big rap on this bloke. I don't understand. Like he left Adelaide after five years and sort of was in and out of an Adelaide side that was pretty good. Mm. Um, And then in and out of a Gold Coast side when I think he was top 10, like in comp clearances. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, what is happening there? And then he goes to Brisbane and he's like, yep, okay, all good, you know, around a quality midfield. You'd be pretty happy with your decision after having probably a pretty rough few years oh, to go to Brisbane. You'd be wrapped. Yeah. Uh, so well done, Jared. Brisbane's the place to be at the moment. Mm. And uh, is that it? Yep. Okay. Just touching on very quickly the votes, and there's one key mover. So Lockie Neal stayed on 20, Grundy on 17 is second, but someone has joined uh, Brody Grundy on 17 votes. Mm. And it's a man that I predicted to win the Brownlow. I missed my Australian team. So Paddy Dangerfield, now up to 17 votes on our uh, on our uh, Brownlow. Mm. Okay. Watch the danger. Because when he gets three, he gets three. Like there's no, no oh, the umpire's watching him. No, they're bloody watching. He's um, probably likely to get some votes where maybe we haven't given him correct. votes. Because he's a top player. Because he's the player that attracts attention. Yeah. So danger, watch him. But that's... that's uh, that's our review of round 17. All right. We'll be back shortly with our preview of round 18. Oh, goodness gracious. Oof, season's almost done. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast. And we're back. We're back. We're back to preview round 18. Six weeks to go. And I must admit, I did go on the afl.com.au old uh, ladder predictor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, how's it going to finish? Well, I don't have the eight changing. So who's in the eight now is staying in the eight. Okay. But 
that's based on no – I didn't take a punt on huge upsets happening, which, you know, there'll be things there that happen. Yep. So don't, you know, take any – So Port, Bulldogs, Hawthorne all missing out. North Melbourne missing out. I th- well, North is interesting. We'll get to their game in a sec because I think North really had to beat Essendon um, because now they go up to play Brisbane and if they lose that, they're done. You know, so they've got to go up there and beat Brisbane. That's the assignment. But, uh, yeah, so some interesting things and we'll talk about how it all shapes the the ladder as we go. But a big one mm. to start and one that would help North uh, is Friday night's game at Adelaide Oval and that's Adelaide against Essendon. Mm, seventh against eighth, so big game. The winner gets a bit of uh, breathing space, I guess, and the loser could drop out. Yeah, so these teams bearing down on GWS in sixth. Um, as well. So big opportunity for the winner to have a crack at a home final. Mm. Well, firstly, they'd be wanting to lock away a uh, a top eight spot. And this is an interesting game because obviously we've got the Adelaide home game and they're starting favourites, but Essendon are in some good form, won the last three. Mm. Uh, I guess the worry there is Hurley now out injured. Do they have someone that can marshal the back line like he can? Yeah, I'd... (laughs) I worry about Adelaide's forward line, though, being able to hurt them. I just – at times Adelaide's forward lines looked looked dysfunctional. And, yes, they had a, they were all, you know, cashing in against the Gold Coast. But against Port, they were horrible um, and just haven't set the world on fire. But uh, so, now really interesting contest, this. Um, I spoke about Essendon, five, five from six. Go over and beat Adelaide. Um, boy. Yeah, that's a big win. Uh, yeah, if they can win this, they'd be uh, odds-on favourites, I think, to finish in maybe sixth, fifth or sixth spot. Final, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I think the key to Adelaide is getting their fo- their midfield to forward line clicking. They need to, you know, they've got good mids. We know they've got good midfielders. They've got good players there. Um, but their forward line for so much, many parts of the year has been rendered almost useless. Mm. Um and Essendon just need to take the game on and play that exciting brand of footy that we know they can play. That's right, yeah. Um, so in- really interesting and a, a really good game on Friday night coming up. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it should be a great uh, one. Crows and Essendon. Uh, who are you going to be picking here? Ooh, actually, I don't know. Oh, good. Uh, so while you think about it, Bryce Gibbs, and this is something we talked about before, so he mm. went back to the Sandful and was the top possession getter in the Crows' loss. Uh in that league, and it's interesting. Like, what do they do with Gibbs? I think they'll leave. I think they need to just make a decision. You know, leave him in the twos for a few weeks, or bring him in for a few weeks. Just let him settle. You know, coming in and out, in and out can't be good. So, I hope for his own good, he stays in the twos for a couple of weeks. Bryce Gibbs mm. builds a bit of confidence back because we know he's a at his best. He's one of the best, but and I don't think he that's hasn't been him. anywhere near that at the yeah. moment. Yep. Yeah. I'm backing him to get back to it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the home side, Adelaide. Yeah, me too. <laughs> crows for me. Uh, crows for both of us I here. I did really think about this. Yeah, and I just Maybe the Hurley factor for me might just be enough. No. I d- yeah, I don't know. I just think the Crows on their day should – I mean, the Crows have lost some at home, but I'm not confident, yeah. but I'm picking the Crows. All right. With no confidence whatsoever. We go on to Saturday's first game, Richmond against Port Adelaide. Now, this is a pretty interesting game. Based on recent form, Port win this. Yeah, the, with the, the win-loss, win-loss. Loss. Loss. Uh, but Richmond are just back to, you know, the Richmond of, you know, 
past years yep. uh, with the cattle on the park and I think they have won three in a row now uh, since the buy. They have, yep. So backed. And this sucks, right? So Richmond don't leave the MCG for the rest of the season. Oh, really? No, just, yeah, just, you know. That is ridiculous. That is stupid. Perfect for them. Yeah, that is poor fixturing. That is ridiculous. So hopefully they have to come over to Perth or something in the finals and get wiped out or something like that. But yeah, I I don't rate that fixturing. But anyway, um, Port. At their best. Gee, they look so good. That's why they're so frustrating. Mm. Um, and uh, that's why this game – but I, I think this bucks the trend. I think Richmond are too good for that rubbish, uh, that Port, the inconsistent um, yeah. Port I, Adelaide. I think you can't go past Richmond here. I'm going to be picking Richmond. Uh, I think they'll break the the – Form line of uh, Port Adelaide of win loss win loss. Some poor losses going to come back to Port, I think. Oh yeah, yep. huge. The Tigers are on their way back. So yep, Richmond for both of us. Yep. Okay. We go on to uh, the battle of the cellar dwellers in mm. uh, Carlton against Gold Carlton, Coast. Carlton. You know, a few weeks ago you we said this is a good game, but uh, Carlton now tails up. Yep. Um, and I spoke about T. You know, three out of six. This could be one. So how many games have we got left? Six. Six games. Six. So Carlton could still get to my 10-win prediction. <laughs> what are they on? They, four. Yeah, if they win them all, they get there. So, so Mike, win the next six. Mike, at the beginning of the year, everybody, for those of you who have jumped on, and it's been great to uh, seeing a few people jump on and listen to some earlier episodes. Mm. Um, 10 wins, Mike, uh, predicted the Blues this year. It was a bit... Uh, a bit much, Audacious. and there were some early losses that really hurt them. Some really close losses, but uh, yeah, win the next six Blues, so my prediction can come right. Well, they get one here. They should do because goal close. Uh, they're tired and they're lacking something. Yeah. They, they, um, I'd like to see them bring in some some of the experienced heads. I'd like to see Murdoch Hall and Smith come back in. Um, uh, who got suspended? I've gone blank. Miles got suspended, so I think Hall and Smith comes in for him. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to see some experienced heads in there to help those kids out. Yeah, interesting. Carlton are on a little bit of a win-loss, win-loss, win-loss streak. They'd be thrilled with that. So, uh, yeah, you'd be happy as a Carlton fan, but uh, based on that form When's line, When's the last Gold time they had back-to-back wins? So they could go on for back-to-back wins here. When's the last time Carlton won two in a row? Something for us to look at. Not sure, actually. We'll look into that one. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Carlton for both of us. Carlton, definitely. Uh, moving on to the Saturday, Saturday Twilight, and this is another big game. Giants host the Maggies after the Maggies mm. um, ended a form slump with a big win over the Eagles last week, and the Giants have now lost three in a row, four out of five, after they were sitting second, and they were a few people's flag favourite. They've now dropped off the cliff and Cornelio's injury only adds to that. They don't get Kelly back. I think they get Mumford back. Um, but They need something to uh, help them over the line. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge game for them uh, against a, a Collingwood side that I think may get Taylor Adams and Jeremy Howe back. Yep, the so they're just building, back. you know, this Collingwood side, just building, building nicely. It's um, a really difficult one to, to predict here and uh, the bookies finding it difficult to separate them. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd like to go with the home side, but I think Collingwood's form in the last half of uh, last week's game is was very, very good. 
I think the Giants are asking too much of their kids now. Mm. So Taranto, who's been good. Hopper, who's been good. Um, Haitley, they might give a debut to Caldwell yep. this week, another top draft pick. Um, and G- uh, GWS must be mentioned, have already got two picks in the first round next year because of the Dylan Shield trade. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, they've got plenty of good kids coming through, but you can't expect these kids to stand up against Collingwood's midfield. Well, you no. can, but they won't be able to Well, Collingwood's, Collingwood's midfield have been off their game for a few weeks and mm. obviously picked it up in uh, second half of last week's game, but maybe Crisp to continue through the midfield instead of um, playing him in defence. Possibly. Because he was quite good there. Um, you know, uh, something I found out, Harry Himmelberg, who probably had one of his worst games for the season, is the leading score assist player in the AFL. Oh, okay. Just a selfless player. Just having just a great... Just to give it off to Cameron to yeah, kick the goals. He's having a great year, Himmelberg. Uh, and he was... he was. I was thinking about him. He's in the fringe. He's playing in my All-Australian reserves. <laughs> Himmelberg, I think he's going all right. <laughs> um, but it will not matter, and I think, I think the Pies get this one. Pies? Pies for me... Uh, let's have a think about this. Yeah, I just like the Pies midfield, I think, a bit too much. Toby Green going to be moving into the midfield, I think, for a little bit yep. while it's a bit depleted. Has to. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure if there's enough there for the Giants to, to get the get the win this week. No, not for me. All right. All right, Saturday night. This one's a big game. It's a big game. Oh, this is a big game. Brisbane and the Kangas. Mm. Now, as I was saying a couple of minutes ago, see, Kangas are now in a position where I think they have to win this. Um, Brisbane sitting third and just flying. Um, Don't write Brisbane off like I think a lot of people aren't now, but gee whiz, this team could do anything this year. Could. I mean, you'd like to think that uh, you need a little bit of finals experience before you can go in and sort of give it a real shake. But they're playing some really good football. Oh, they're playing fantastic footy. Um, and they've got enough experience in there that uh, could possibly get the job done as well. And they're doing it like they did it last week without Hipwood. Um, Hodge didn't travel. Um, so they're uh, they're beautifully placed at the moment and a win yeah. against the Kangas. Um you know, we'll, we'll set them up for a, a top four finish. And gee whiz, I think I, whilst I was optimistic at the start of the year for them, I still think I had them like 12th, 13th or something like that. But mm. uh, Kangas, oh, I don't put it past them, but I don't think they've got enough class to go with Brisbane. Yeah, I, I think they've got enough in the engine room. Yes. Uh, maybe one of them shouldn't be playing this week, but... Um, he is, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. Yeah, I guess there was, you know, your your man, Benny Brown, had a standout game last week. If yeah, he can sort of... Playing against pretty good defence at the moment. Mm. Maybe our man gets the job. Maybe. Maybe. Marcus. Maybe. Uh, possibly uh, McCluggage and Hipwood come back maybe this week. Not, bit a, bad, of fitness, not a bad couple of ins. Fitness test. To return. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty difficult to go past the third-placed home side in this one. But I think this will be a good game. I think mm. this will be a ripper game of footy. And North, you know, that they have surpassed my expectations this year already. Um, so Both of these teams have. Yep. So mm. big, exciting game on Saturday night. Looking yep. forward to Brisbane for me. 
Yes, and the Lions for me. And the oh. other game on Saturday night. You're a home Saturday night game. Mike, yeah. what are you going to do with yourself? This is incredible. This is, I think, the third third Saturday night game in a row. What's yeah. the third Saturday game in a row? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so very exciting. Very Huge exciting. game. Can you tell he sounds like he's very uh. excited? <laughs> Sydney losing to Carlton last week and Freo have lost four in a row. This is a blockbuster. Don't worry about Brisbane North. You want to watch this game. Yeah, turn that up. Turn <laughs> that game off. Put this one on. The good thing about this is because Brisbane North is at the same time, it means that'll be my game. <laughs> You're going to be at this yeah, one. Yeah, I was actually thinking, oh, it'd be nice to watch Brisbane North. <laughs> no, I'll be watching this one. You'll be watching this one. So 13th versus 14th all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, that's bad reading. It is, isn't it? And the Swans, uh, up until they lost uh, the last couple, have been in pretty good form. They won three in a row before that. But yeah, yeah, interesting. Both sides are probably at a similar sort of position, I guess. You know, percentages are the same. Uh, you know, sort of come at it from different angle. I guess the Dockers started off well and f- fell away, but Sydney Sydney have come come good of late. Although, yeah, as you said, lost the last two, so. <laughs> They'll be disappointed. Quite evenly matched, boss. maybe. Yeah. I th- <laughs> this one could, in my opinion, go either way. Mm. Hogan's a big in if he comes back for, you, for your mob. Yep. Um, I think Sydney, it's hurting them now. Their ruck stocks, you know, not being available. Cruiser just did his own thing yep. almost last Saturday, and he's coming back to some good form. But um, Sydney, yeah. They could get hurt in the ruck, but I, I yeah, like I think Alir Alir's been playing a bit in yeah. ruck, but that sort of hurts them down. A lot back, of times so. he doesn't even go up and contend; mm. he just stays down. And a couple of times Cruiser just hit it straight to him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I worry about, oh, you know, Sydney. That yeah, they could get smashed in the ruck, but their mids are okay. They got some good kids coming through. Um, free or at home though. You would expect to get this done, Mike? You'd hope. <laughs> you'd expect to get Don't this done. Don't put it past them, but you'd hope you'd hope that they get this one done. So uh, the Dockers for me. Yes, I'll be back in the Dockers. I'll be cheering them on, so uh, you better win. Um, next game. Sunday. Geelong. Geelong Hawthorne. Sunday. Early. Early game. MCG. Yeah. Bit of an interesting one. Yes. Maybe they're hoping for a nice sunny day. I'm sure they're <laughs> What is that comment? <laughs> no, sunny day in you know, Melbourne. sunny day at MCG. Okay. You know, everything get down. Sun doesn't shine in uh, Geelong. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, bad weather down there. Bad weather in Geelong. It's very bloody cold down there. Um, so, first against 11th. I think, yeah, well, the Hawks, they're a game out. So, this is a game, again, they have to win, mm. you know, if they're going to break what I saw in my ladder predictor and, and mm. pinch one. Um, Geelong... Look pretty hard to beat. I mean, they haven't been their best the last few weeks. No, they've had a bit of a, a, a sort of form slump, but they've still been able to get some some wins on the board. Won uh, three of their last five. Yep. So they're going okay. Yep, and the Hawks impressive against your mob. Um, they were close against West Coast and obviously, you know, won the week before. So Hawks going okay, um, ticking along. A few of their senior blokes have um, found their form. And then guys like... Um, Warpool playing good footy. Yep, Warpool, your mate, Henderson. Endo. Yep. Doing his thing. Uh, and they've unearthed a young bloke, young Oliver Hanrahan. Looks all right up forward. So another little yeah. bloke they've unearthed, as the Hawks do. Well, uh, Lewis uh, was good down uh, forward for the Hawks against the Dockers. Yeah. Um, did some very good things, took a few good marks. Uh, obviously a bit of a fitness cloud around Gary Ablett pulling up sore. 
Um, I think I there's got to be a game. Mate. There's got to be a game where they just say to Ablett, you just sit at home in front of the fire, mate, and have a cup of tea. Well, I think you'd probably do it if they had to travel. They have to travel. It's a long way to the MCG. <laughs> it's, um, you know, Is it up the road somewhere? It's uh, about an hour, hour's drive. Just sit on a bus and go for an hour drive. Yeah. Some people probably drive an hour to the stadium just to, you know, go to the footy. Mm. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're suggesting Gaz plays? I think they might. Gaz yeah, will play. Gaz will play. Uh, you know, as long as he doesn't have a serious injury. Yeah. Um, but they'll probably rest him in the next few weeks to have him cherry ripe for finals time. Mm. Uh, but yeah. As Chris Scott actually spoke about this. He said, well, you, you don't want to play him too much, but you also don't want to play him not enough because of that bye week. Um, they don't want him to have gone into that game having not played enough uh, that first final, which they know they're going to get a home. There's no way that Geelong are not finishing top two. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't have thought so. So uh, yeah, interesting because then if they win that first final and they get another week off, you know, all of a sudden someone Gaz's age has played two games in four weeks and that's not ideal. Yeah. Uh, so on that, I think Gaz plays and Geelong win. I agree with both of those. Good for you. And we'll move on to oh, the uh, the centre of the universe. Centre of the So Melbourne play West Coast in Alice Springs mm. on Sunday midday. Uh, no idea what time that is. Uh, Central time, so that's an hour and a half, so same as Adelaide. So oh, yeah. in, in Perth, that's one twenty. Um, West Coast need to get back on the winner's list, obviously, if they're going to battle for that top two, the Ds. Not disgraced against the dogs. They they've just been really hurt by their forward half efficiency all year because mm. they're missing blokes. They've got no forward line. They struggle with the forward line. McDonald's now out after he came back and looked really good, um, kicking six goals against Carlton. But then you know he's out for the year and they're, they've got they're nothing with, down there. Yeah, they? they're playing with Gorn and Bruce last week. I noticed uh, to to I guess they need to stick some tall guy down in the forward line. Don't yeah, they? so obviously a lot being asked of young. Uh, I've got Wiedemann at the moment, but uh, Bailey Fritz. Fritz played well, didn't he? Doing very well. Yeah, yeah, he's quite a player. Fritz looks like a no, WA boy. Uh, we might get him on the podcast. Yeah, might have him a call. Oh, we'll give him a buzz. I got his number in my phone. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, good. You get him on. Uh, I don't know. This this game's a, I don't know. It's a bit of a danger game for West Coast, but I'll back him to get this done. It's a danger game, but there's no way they're losing it. Interesting for West Coast. I did make my way down to West Coast training today. Um, yep. So. Obviously, Nick pushed Nats. all the kids away, out of the way to get a signature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just gave him a few elbows. <laughs> Come on, kids, get out of here. And uh, so noticed that uh, I can give you a few inside scoops. There was a dude from Channel 7 like, you don't need him, mate. We've got the Holding the Ball podcast on the scene. And uh, so Cripps is obviously out Yep, with his ankle. Uh, Who's in? Well, that's what I'm about to discuss. And Nick Nat. Nick Nat is out. Uh I believe Liam Ryan will be out. He was just doing some laps. Oh. Did not train with the main group. Oh, big uh, call. Mm, so he uh, hurt himself um, and he kept – every time he did a lap, there was a kid who obviously kept on saying, Liam, you know, give us an autograph. And he kept on pointing, next lap. <laughs> and he, he just looked at him again, next lap. <laughs> he hopefully did get to him in the end. Uh, I think – well, I did think Petricelli had come in and kicked five goals for the twos last week, but he was not in the main group either. So oh, okay. I would Maybe like to see 
Big Brooksby make his Eagles debut. Did play a couple of games for the Gold Coast. He's been doing really well. Uh, So the Eagles will play two rucks. There's no doubt about it. Vardy injured. Vardy is still out. Um, So uh, Brooksby or young Williams, but I don't think they'll bring Williams in just yet. Young Ruckman Eagles drafted last year. I think Brooksby will... Well, it's a pretty tough we'll ask this week against Maxie, Gorn and Bruce. Uh, Bruce big, body. big, big guys. Yeah, so I'd like to see Big Keegan get a get a run. Um, right. And uh, yeah, don't really know. I mean, whether Petrocelli gets up, it'd be interesting to see who comes in for um, Cripps and or Ryan. It's an interesting one. Yeah, if you lose two small forwards, and Cripps is the big one. Cripps marshals yeah, those huge. troops. He's yep. the leader of that group. So big lot out, but I'm still back in West Coast to win. Yep. I'll back in the Eagles with that one. All right. Last game of the round, and it'll Saints. be Brett Ratton's first game in charge against the Dogs. Yep. Um, dogs just got to keep winning. They've squared the ledger at eight wins and eight losses after a really impressive uh, bunch of games where they won four of their last five. Dogs are back in town. They are. Go, Dogs. Woof, woof. <laughs> so will – Ratten get a win first week as coach. Will we see the response from the Saints? Yeah, we mentioned earlier is uh, the caretaker coach's first games in charge. They've both won their first uh, games this year. Against the dogs. Against the dogs. Against the dogs. So could it happen again? Or uh, could. Yeah, it could. Of <laughs> it course. could. Anything can happen. Uh, it could. Um, I don't think it will. No, I think oh, I'm loving the dogs at the moment, that mm. midfield of theirs. Um, Dunkley's 22. Um, you got the Bont, Hunter, you know, all these guys. Bont's still well. 23, isn't he? He's 23. That's incredible. Yep. Um, so, nah, I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing from the dogs. I'm loving the look with Shacky and Norton up forward. Dale Morris, I can't wait for his name to be in the ins, and it could be this week, playing VFL. Mm. Um, what a story that would be. Did his knee in um, in the preseason, um, but may, may just stay in the um, – uh, in the twos a bit longer. He's got three games under his belt now, so... There's no reason to rush him in, I guess, uh, in this game. No. So, dogs dogs for me to round it up and keep in touch. Yeah, dogs for me as well. I don't think eight. we've got any different ones that week. That's a bit sad, isn't it? Mm. All right. We'll be back with our predictions to round up a very big podcast this week. Holding the ball with Mike and Bomber. We're back to do our predictions for the week. and uh, Someone said to me when they... Th- when we said we'll be back after this short break, they actually thought we were going to throw to an ad. Oh, okay. Uh, well, there's room to put an ad in there. Yeah, if uh, any, yeah. anyone wants uh, to sponsor us. <laughs> Get on board. We were already sponsored by, uh, what was his name? Millsy? Frenchies. Fr- fr- Frenchies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Frenchies. Frenchies. But Millsy, yeah, good job. Millsy we're sponsored, by sponsored him. Uh, us with the drinks this week. Yes. Thanks, Millsy. All right. Who's your certainty this week? Uh, my certainty for the week is Carlton against the Gold Coast. Oh, gee. I know it's, but it's Carlton. It's like, lazy. Have lazy we ever had Carlton uh, as a no, certainty okay. for the point. season? Fair point. No. So this is probably the one opportunity Should to have do it. Should have against Sorry. Uh, yeah. No. Fair play. Who's yours? Mine is Geelong. Oh, lazy journalism. <laughs> They're away from home, even though it's a home game. Gaz might not play. Hawthorne up and about. Your mob played him into form. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, I think Geelong get the job done. And I, I couldn't really think of any other certainty. Um, so I think, I think, um, yeah, Geelong just keep on doing what Geelong doing. End Hawthorne's finals hopes. Yep. 
I think I agree with you there. Who's the heat on, Mike? The heat is on Ross Line, and it's taken us this the, long uh, to talk about uh, this issue. Well, you've talked about Ross a bit, though. Oh, I talked about the Dockers in the game, but not mm, not okay. this particular oh, issue. On. So, I'm concerned now. Just get just buckle up, every, buckle in. <laughs> I'll try and make this pretty quick. <laughs> if you've made it this far, you can buckle in for another five minutes. You may as well. Um, so, the culture at the Fremantle Dockers. Culture. And I think the culture is driven mainly by the head coach. Okay. Uh, I think there's an issue and I'm concerned about key players now. Okay. So last year we lost Lockie Neal and he's... Killing it. Absolutely killing it. Uh, Was he still leading our Brownlow thing? three votes clear. If he wins the Brownlow this year, that is disgusting. (laughs) Not it's good for him. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm not, okay. not against yeah, yeah. him. Okay. But from, from a Freo supporter. From a trade perspective, to trade out a Brownlow medalist to get in an injury prone forward. Okay. That would be terrible. Okay. Uh, obviously we needed a forward, but yes. we clearly need a Lockie Neal at the moment. Uh my issues if this season we see Ed Langdon depart, which is a big possibility. Slightly. And I said that in my preview of Frio, started the year, I said they got to get this bloke to stay. They do. Although, I mean, he's very good, but his disposal is average sometimes. Um, Bradley Hill, been in the news a lot in the last few weeks about his missus wanting to go back over east. Uh, be a lot of teams interested and... The obvious one there is the Cats and the Tim Kelly situation. Don't you turn this into a Tim Kelly thing. He's coming to West Coast. Well, maybe. (laughs) But my issue here is that you don't trade your best players. We did it last season. If they want out, they want out. I get that. Okay. Sorry. Maybe long term it's good. But, you know, you won the Judd trade in the end, didn't you? JK, yeah, amazing. Exactly. It's devastated at the time, though. Yeah. But if you lose Neil, Langdon and Hill in two years, that's a big problem. Gold Coast beat you again next year. If you, if you, uh, that's huge. That is a massive problem. Mm-hmm. You can't you – can't, Langdon and Hill have been huge for us this season that, in the way that they run and spread. Uh, they just run and run and run all day. Anyway, Ross Lyon is massive heat at the moment and we talked about him possibly being the next head on the chopping block. Uh, there's talk of maybe – I actually heard Nick Del Santo today say uh, that St Kilda should target a Ross Lyon type, not necessarily Ross Lyon, okay. but that type of coach. I disagree. But anyway. That was what Nicky Del Santo suggested. As far as journalists go, he's not one of the most reliable ones, just quietly. No, but uh, anyway, knows St Kilda and knows oh, yeah. Ross Lyon pretty well. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair. take your point. Uh, knows it better than us anyway. Yeah, fair point. Uh, so, yeah, big culture problem. They better not lose those two players this season or I'm going to be extremely 
agitated. If we lose those two players, Ross better be out out the door as well. <laughs> Ross should be traded as he well. He should be traded. <laughs> Ross trade him. Uh, that would be big losses if that, that does happen. Mm. So, And the case? other issue oh. that I haven't mentioned yet, <laughs> I heard off. on uh, reliable sources uh, that a number of the Dockers players – the, week, the the night of Ooh, the derby yeah. were out and about on the town. Out in the town after getting pumped. After getting pumped by 91 points. I'm not sure that's the right look. I think that points to the uh, culture issue that we've been talking It'd about. It'd be interesting to see what our listeners think of that. Should the players, you know, after they're getting belted or whatever it might be or after a game, be out on the Terps? It'd be yeah, interesting to see what the, what the footy public think of it. I think ordinarily you're allowed to enjoy yourself as a football player. It's not just all about football. Mm-hmm. But if you get pumped by 91 points in a two-town football team, don't go out in the town after the game okay. and look like you're having a good time. Mm. You should be – if you're going to have a bit of few drinks with some friends, do it in your own house or something. Don't go out in public and do it. Mm. Mm. There you go. Off the long run, Mike. Yeah. So what about uh, (laughs) your heat? Who is the heat on for you? Uh, You've only got 30 seconds. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Uh, I've gone Adelaide um, and they're under the Friday night lights uh, this week. They've lost a lot of games at home. They have not been convincing at all. And so they got pumped by Port, come back, beat Gold Coast, whoop-de-doo. Coach is having a good old laugh in the coach's box in the last quarter. Um, they can ill afford to drop one here. Like, uh, yeah, that, that two-team town, uh, another two-team town where those both of those teams are probably, you could argue, are underperforming. Uh, yeah, it won't be a pleasant week next week if Adelaide drop it against Essendon, let me mm. tell you. So I think the Crows under a bit of pressure. Yep, I agree. Your bet. Let's get into our bet My of the bet. week. I went a little bit different this week. Mike needs something. I need something. <laughs> Six weeks to go. So uh, Mike needs to get off the mark. I've decided to go a little bit towards uh, the disposals market. Oh. Uh, although my first part is not disposals. <laughs> uh, I've gone West Coast on the line, so they need a win by more than 15 and a half. Okay. Dollar ninety. Sam Walsh for Carlton to get more than 25 disposals. Mm-hmm. Dollar forty-five against Gold Coast. Okay, should happen. And I've gone Jack Viney to get twenty-five plus disposals against the Eagles. Maybe without Hutchie. Oh, Hutchie wouldn't have gone to Viney anyway. No Hutchie, but also two dominant ruckmen potentially over uh, Hickey and hey, Brooksby. Hickey's a form ruckman of the comp. <laughs> Maybe. He's, he's in great touch. But it's Max gone. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, at $2, 25 plus okay. disposals for Jack Viney. That okay. comes to six eighty eight. And I'm hoping this it one gets, gets me out of debt. Can I get off the mark? My multi is uh, West Coast on the try bet, which is the same as the line at 15.5. So $1.90. Uh, Collingwood. I went Collingwood head-to-head against GWS because they're not favourites for some reason. Mm, two bucks or something. Two dollars and eight cents. Uh, and I went the doggies. So I'm bucking the uh, the new coach trend by 15 and a half against the Saints. And all that with the power play comes to 750. That's a pretty good one. I like it. 
Mm. Something will stuff up though. And yeah, something always does. Something though. will happen. I'll get to that last game of the weekend. It'll be two from two mm. and uh, bloody Saints will win or something. But uh, Brad right. Ratton, good luck to him this week. Yeah, good luck to, uh, to Rats. And... Uh, and before we go, we'll just throw out the handles again uh, on Twitter at, at HoldBallPod. At Facebook, where we're just on the verge of 300 likes. So thanks yep. for getting around us wherever you're listening. Um, and get involved when we put uh, put some conversations out there. We love the uh, interaction. We'll include it in the podcast. Yep, Holding the Ball Podcast on Facebook and uh, Holding the Ball Podcast at gmail.com. Brad Hardy, if you're still listening. Yeah, send us an email. <laughs> Flick us an email, email and we'll get you on. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope your team wins this week. Apart from Josh, Melbourne supporter, you suck. Uh, go Eagles and uh, see you next week. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.